basic Christianity, what we believe, part one. We believe in the God who is revealed in the Holy Bible, the God who has always existed, the God who before there was time, before the world as we know it existed, there was God, eternally existing, one God in three persons, yet one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who have always existed and will always exist in a perfect love relationship, perfectly complementing one another, no difference in the substance of the three persons within the Godhead of the one true God. The God who is revealed in the Bible is the uncreated creator of all things. This God, not as we conceive him, but as he reveals himself in the word of God, is eternal, infinite, holy, gracious, all-loving, all-just, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, perfect God who loves us and cares for us more than we do for ourselves, the God who created us to be in a relationship with him. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made that have been made. John chapter 1, verse 1 and following. This God who has always existed created you and me, created all of us to be in a relationship with him, in a love relationship with him, a personal relationship with him. Yes, the God who created everything loves you and wants a relationship with you. But as we said a moment ago, God is holy, and as a holy God, meaning he's perfect in every way, he's set apart from everything else, it, he is perfect and he cannot have a relationship with me because of my sin nature, and that's true of all of us. And, and this sin entered, as we see in the third chapter of Genesis, through the failure of the first people, Adam and Eve, to do what God said to do and to not do those things God said not to do.
And so sin entered and we became separated from God. And by the entry of sin into the world, also death entered the world. There was no death of anything prior to the, to the fall when Adam and Eve sinned. And so God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John three sixteen seventeen. So Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus lived that perfect, sinless life. And then he took our punishment, your punishment, my punishment, the payment for our sin, all sins, past, present, and future, our sin nature, and he paid for that on the cross by standing in our place, by taking our punishment, by atoning or making right for our sins. And and this that he did, uh, of course, he died. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead. And then later, he ascended or went up into heaven. So through his death, burial, resurrection, Jesus has paid in full for our sin. And he says uh, from the cross, he said, it is finished. He has paid in full for the sin. And so that's God's gift to us. And we receive that gift, the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus by putting our faith in, believing in Jesus, who he is and what he has accomplished for us, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. We receive this gift by faith. So salvation from start to finish is from God, being born again, born not of the flesh, but born of the spirit. So it is by grace alone, a gift from God that we don't deserve through faith alone, trusting and believing in Jesus and his finished work in Christ alone. Grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Uh, We can find that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, as well as other places. There's nothing you and I can do or we could ever do, or and there's also nothing we can uh, refrain from doing that will make us right with God. It's only through the finished work of Christ, which is given to us as a gift, and we receive that gift by faith in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Bible as the Word of God. In, in other words, every part of the original scriptures, and I'll come back to the meaning of that in a few minutes, every part in its original writing was 
God's word delivered to us through people who God inspired through by God's Holy Spirit. He inspired or directed them to write, and there's no error in God's original writings. Now, the scripture has been translated from its original language, the Old Testament in Hebrew and the New Testament uh, primarily in Greek to English as well as, of course, many other languages. Those translations are very, very carefully done and they are extremely dependable. But we can't say of the translation the same thing we can say of the original writings, but the Word of God as delivered by God through the people who wrote the Bible is without error. And and likewise, the translation, even though not the exact original words of God, are without error in the sense that they convey to us the truth of who God is, who we are, and how we come into this relationship as a gift from God through faith, believing in Jesus Christ. Now, this word is is so important because it is the word of God, and we have to understand that because it is the word of God, it's not the thoughts of man, but the word of God. And we can and must build our lives upon the word of God because it is absolutely uh, critical and foundational to us going forward in, in our walk with Christ. Uh, we should never... Uh, get into an argument about what you think or what I think, instead of arguing about any of those things, let's go to the Word of God and see what God says. So we, we must follow the Word of God, not the ways of the world, not the rationale or arguments of the world around us. The world says, well, these are new times. These are different times. It's interesting to note that when we read back through Scripture and the history of mankind, all of the things that are happening today have happened before, and God hadn't changed. He didn't change then, and he hadn't changed now. The Word of God stands without error and it does not go away, and it does not change with times or styles or uh, political beliefs or any other beliefs. The Word of God is the Word of God. Now, in our relationship with God, once we're born again by a gift from God through faith, believing in Jesus Christ, nothing in all creation, nothing that exists or that will come into existence can separate a person who has been born again in Christ. Nothing can separate that person from God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We find that many places, but one of the primary ones is in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. 
We are, we are sealed in God through the Holy Spirit as his children, and we are never to be separated again. Now, we can wander away from God, and we can break our fellowship with God, but we don't destroy the relationship a similar example that I use, and it's certainly not a perfect example, is that a person who is a member of a family but who gets at odds with his or her parent uh, has a break in their fellowship with that parent, but they don't cease to be a member of that family. They don't cease to be a child of, of that parent. Their fellowship is interrupted, and that's what happens when we wander away from God after first having been born again by by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We believe and know that God calls us to tell other people about the good news of Jesus Christ, the death on a cross to pay for our sin, all sin, including the one we're speaking to, and the resurrection, burial and resurrection of Jesus, that he is alive forevermore, and that we too, when we're born again or born into the Lord Jesus Christ and God himself, God the Holy Spirit, comes to reside in us and he is our guide and and the one that directs us to the word of God and helps us to understand the word of God. And so God helps us to encourage others to embrace Jesus Christ as their Savior and place their faith in him and for them also to be reconciled to God, the greatest good news ever. Baptism is important. It doesn't save us. It doesn't seal our salvation, but Jesus told us to do it, and this is the way I would say it that when we're baptized, we are publicly declaring in an outward way for all the world to see the reality of what God has done in us. No one is saved or born again by baptism, but it is telling the world what God has done on the inside of that born-again Christian. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, For I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. A few verses before that, there's, and I'm paraphrasing, it says, and we know that no one is justified or made right with God 
by works of the law. So we have, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have placed our faith in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. For by works of the law, none, no one will be justified or made right with God. We believe in the importance to participate in and regularly take Holy Communion uh, as a remembrance of what Jesus has done for us uh, on the, in the Last Supper that Jesus shared with his disciples shortly before he was arrested and tried and crucified and dead and buried Uh, He said he took bread and he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. And then he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, as often as you take this holy communion, do it in remembrance of Christ. So this concludes this first session on basic beliefs, and we will return with another session that picks up here and takes the next steps forward in our following of Christ daily as born-again believers by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Amen. God bless you.